It was summer. No, it was more than that. It was a soft summer. It didn't have any record-breaking heat waves, but it was filled with blue skies and birdsong. The sort of summer where you already know that you'll look back fondly on these memories as you were making them. The months were slow in passing, but that was perfectly fine. I wanted to spend as much time as possible simply existing in the town I loved. In it, I had learned to walk, to talk, to tie my shoelaces, and that I have difficulty saying the word specific. But with determination and self-discipline, I now hardly ever take an ocean's name in vain. Too soon I would leave, it seemed, and every outing was a series of Polaroids stacked neatly on top of one another as I tried to create a highlight reel of all that seemed important. There was the ice cream shop mum and dad would take us to on Saturdays, the wall I fell off and broke my wrist, and the park bench that played host to both of my first kisses. I'm not sure my first, first kiss counts because I was only seven and he kissed me on the cheek. He then tried to kiss me with his tongue out, but my sister told me that's how you get pregnant, so I ran off screaming. For my second first kiss, I was a bit older and it didn't end in me running away in tears, so I guess I have to admit that one was marginally better. Though my hair was all in my face, so I ended up with quite a lot of it in my mouth. I had thought he'd move my hair out of the way, like they do in films, so I kept moving it back in front of my eyes. He didn't. This park was also where my sister and I spent most of our summers back then. We'd be here daily, for as long as our parents would allow, running through the trees, playing hide and seek, or seeing who could go the highest on the swings. We made a game up called Astronaut Adventurers, where we'd all pretend to be on a different planet, and all the bugs we found were deadly aliens. That was my favorite. It was also the duck pond, we used to go as a family all the time to feed the ducks, but not so much after my sister left for university. And then I was told that bread is actually bad for ducks. I felt so guilty about feeding them bread for all those years that I avoided going for months. But then I did some research and that led me to a woman who ran a farm. And she said that ducks like things such as cabbage, peas, or even dry porridge. So that's why just Two weeks before I was supposed to be leaving this town, I was sat on the bench by the duck pond, clutching a bag of frozen peas. I think I'd already been there for an hour, watching the ducks, how they swam together, played together. I watched a mother duck as she led her babies around the pond and shared in her panic as she realised one had got separated behind her. I was pretty engrossed by the scene playing out before me, so I was hoping that she wouldn't find my staring quite rude. I mean, Do you mind if I sit? With a start, I turned round to see a woman standing before me. She was tall and slender. No, more like willowy. Her hair was dishevelled and mostly blonde, with a few inches of brown roots showing. She had a dark beige top underneath a too long cream cardigan that had seen better days and a floral skirt that seemed out of place somehow. 
I said I didn't mind and watched her take a long drink of the can of cider she had gripped in her hand. At the same time, and seemingly without looking, she placed an opaque blue bag at the end of the bench and positioned herself by it. Keeping a hold of the can in one hand, and she reached into the inside pocket of her cardigan and produced a half-smoked cigarette. You wouldn't happen to have a light, would you? Oh, no. Sorry, I, I don't smoke. Good on you. I wish I never started smoking. <laughs> I always like mine with mint sauce. Sorry? The peas. That's how my mum used to do them. Sunday roast, mint sauce. All right. Well, they're not for me, they're for the ducks. Why have you got them frozen peas? They can't cook as far as I know. Because bread is bad for them. What? Are you sure? Yeah, over the long term it's sort of like junk food for ducks. They can get fat and they can develop malnutrition problems because it's all they're ever fed. Alright. I feel bad for feeding them so much as a kid now. Sorry. Who told you that anyway? My biology teacher. Right, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> you in school then? College, yeah. So you wanting to be a biologist or something? Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> That's what my sister did at university. And you want to follow in her footsteps? Yeah, well, I guess so. You don't really sound too sure of yourself there. My sister did law. She's a solicitor now. So there's no way I'm following that. Is it mainly duck lessons in this college you go to? Not always, unfortunately. I do English literature and philosophy as well. But I suppose ducks can feature in those too. In philosophy? Yeah, like, uh, like if a duck quacks in a pond and no one's around to hear them, do they still want bread? <laughs> <laughs> How do you even have a philosophy class anyway? Does the teacher just tell you to think about stuff and you all just sit there thinking? In a way, I suppose... We usually have class discussions and debates. It can get quite heated sometimes, especially since we started to talk about relative ethics. I would say that sounded really interesting, if I understood what the bloody hell that meant. Well, it's just like, um, well, how we were introduced was by looking at the trolley problem. Like, if you don't put the trolley back after you've used it, you're a bad person? No, but... I suppose that's a more practical, real-world scenario. It's this dilemma, you're on a train that's going towards a group of five people that are tied to the track. There is another track that you can direct the train to, but on it, you see your child tied to the tracks, so the question is, what would you do? Now that is a dilemma, yeah. It sounds like a riddle. You know the ones where the answer is under your nose the whole time? It's just like that doctor one, I reckon. Do you know the one? Where the doctor and his son get in a car crash and the dad, he dies. 
But when the son gets to the hospital, the surgeon says they can't operate on him because he's their son. You know that one? I never liked the ones that were a joke. Always made me feel like they were laughing at me, you know? But that's a good one, I reckon. What did you say? I didn't, really. And I'm still not sure if I'm honest. There's so many things to consider that it just makes me a bit dizzy. I'm not surprised. I would be too if my teacher was making me imagine my daughter tied on some train tracks. I'm depressed enough already without having to imagine that. <laughs> oh. It's just hard for me to imagine since I don't have a child, but I suppose it's all about the greater good, right? Well, in that case, what greater good is there than family? So is that what you'd choose? I think any mother would say the same. Oh, do you have a child? Yeah. I do, yeah. She'll be about your age now, I suppose. Thinking about all the big things to come. What college does she go to? I might, I might know her. I'm not sure. I haven't seen her for years now. I'm sorry. I remember we came here once. Feels like a lifetime ago now. It was summer. It was just me and her. And even though we'd been out all day doing this and that, she was still so full of energy. Bouncing round she was. I was knackered, mind you. But seeing the way she ran about the place made it all okay. We ended up here because she'd been learning about flowers in school and didn't want to go home until she had come through here and named everyone she could for me. She put on this little teacher voice as she listed them. The ones she knew anyway. She skipped over the few she didn't know and I pretended not to notice. We sat for a while and watched the ducks. Then I turned to see she wasn't there. Never moved so quick in my life. I was running about hysterical, shouting and screaming. I found her picking flowers. I ran straight up to her, grabbed her and I go, What the bloody hell do you think you're doing running off like that? Don't you ever do that again? I took her straight home. She was crying all the way. Broke my heart, it did. But when you're a mother, you can't just give in to these things or they'll think they can do it all the time. Tough love and all that. They have to learn. She didn't speak to me for the rest of the day. Didn't even kiss me goodnight. But I stayed strong. I came downstairs afterwards to see that she had put the flowers in a vase. She even put a little note telling me what flowers they were. Chrysanthemums and anemone they were called. They were beautiful. I think she even got the spelling right too. I tell you, my heart had never been more full than in that moment. Sobbing I was. It took everything in me not to rush up those stairs and throw my arms around her. Because then she wouldn't have learned. She sounds wonderful. You should be proud. I am. But I'm not sure if I have the right anymore. What happened? If you don't mind me asking.
Well, what do you think? Honey? What? The dress. What do you think? Why wearing that for? To go and meet some friends. I told you last week about it. No, you bloody didn't. And where have you got the money for a new dress from? Oh no, I got it from the charity shop just up the road. It was a bargain. And it even has these little Yeah, pockets. well, there's no way that I'm letting you leave the house looking like that. What do you mean? <laughs> you look ridiculous. Like the prize tart at disco. I'm not having it. It's just going to be me and the girls. Yeah, right? As if you want to get all dressed up and not want men looking at you. What do you bloody take me for, eh? It's just been so long since I've been out. I wanted to feel nice for me. I promise. And what? I don't make you feel nice. So you have to dress like the village bicycle, is that it? Are you desperate to go and tell everyone that you can how horrible I am and see what stupid git pities you're enough to take you back to theirs? Eh? Answer me. No, no, of course not. It's just that I don't have anything else to wear. What I a just... load of rubbish that is. I could go upstairs right now and pick out a dozen things that doesn't make you look like a tart. Okay. I'll get myself changed. Yeah, too right you will. Well, since I'm going to be a bit late, you might have to sort dinner out tonight what? for you and... No. You're not going out now. But I'm going to get changed, you said. Why the hell would I let you out now after you've talked to me like that? Please, it's just... Nice, Mum. Oh, sweetie. Hello. Thank you. I didn't mean to scare you. Oh, no, of course you didn't, darling. Are you going somewhere? Actually, no, just... she's bloody well not. Oh, please don't shout at her. Who do you think you're speaking to? You put on some lippy and now all of a sudden you have a whore's courage. I'll speak to that little git however I want to. I just don't think... Oh! Oh, Mom! You never learn, do you? You can't just keep your mouth shut for one single second. Are you alright? Yes, yeah, I'm fine, sweetie, I promise. Here she goes again with a pity party. Do you really think I want to be like this? If you just learned to shut your stupid gob, everything would be okay. Oh, and don't you give me that look. I bet you're both so desperate to paint me as the bad guy. Oh, <laughs> forget this. I'm not having you two bloody staring at me like I've done something wrong all night. I'm off to the pub. Don't wait up for me. At least we can finally turn this nonsense off, eh? How about we do some colouring together? That might be fun. Mum. Or if you're hungry, we could make something. You can be my little assistant again. Oh, please, it's time. We don't have too much in, though. We might need to pop to the shops. You promised. You said that if it happened again, we'd leave. Please, Mum. It's... It's not that simple, sweetheart. I don't have any money of my own. I'm sorry. You said that we would leave last time, and the time before that. We can't live like this anymore. We have to. We've got nowhere else to go. Please, Mum. 
Andy said she'll definitely have let us... Have you been talking to her? Yeah, she Why said, have you been doing that? Because she listens. So do I. What's she been saying about me? What has she been saying? You're not listening now. She could never love you like I do. If that were true, we'd have gone years ago. You don't understand. She thinks she's better than me. Better than us. When you're older, you'll realise that. Thank you for this. In ten years' time, I'll look back and understand why you wanted to trap me here. I just want what's best for you. But that can't be here. With him. I want to keep you safe with me. If you stay here, you will have either of those things, Mum. I'm going. With or without you, no, I'm you're not. going. You're not leaving then me. come with me. I can't. Yes, you can. Your whole life you've just accepted things. Please, Mum. It's time for you to choose for yourself. can't. You don't understand. Please stay. Please. It won't happen again. I promise. I can keep us both safe. It's not going to work this time. I think I'll always remember the way she looked at that moment. Her eyes were filled with pain for all the world to see, but she didn't cry. Her hands were drawn in on themselves and I could see the dents in the now empty can where she'd clutched too tightly. She seemed to cradle her own legs against her chest and I noticed that her toenails were painted red, but chipped and scuffed. Whenever her voice wavered during a story, she made sure to have a drink and before long it was gone. She sat there almost statuesque. I could almost have imagined that the sun's rays had turned her into stone. Her grief forever a monument on that park bench. Then all at once the tableau shattered as she lifted the can to her mouth to shake out any last drops. None were forthcoming, so... She mechanically reached for another can. Sorry. Talk about ruining the mood, eh? I didn't know what to say, so... I didn't say anything. I opened the bag of peas at my side and started to throw a few into the pond. The mother duck happily led her troop to the floating little treats, but always made sure to keep the ducklings from wandering too close to me. There were a couple of times I could have reached out and scooped one up, but... The mother was always there to chirp and quack in admonishment. I guess you were right about the peas. Also, it's a myth that ducks' quacks don't echo. I'm sorry that that happened to you. It it must have been very hard. It was. Have you seen her since? No. Sometimes I walk to the end of the street where my sister lives, but I can never bring myself to go down. I just stand there for hours, hoping either of them might see me. They never do. 
maybe it might be time to reach out to your sister. You know your daughter's there and, as you said, there's no greater good than family. With her, it's different. It always has been. We were never really that close as kids. And then as we grew up, we drifted apart, especially after our mum died. I could tell she looked down on me. She got a perfect house, perfect husband, and I got... I still see him sometimes, you know. In fact, I owe him 20 quid. Maybe it's still not too late to change things. Oh, I don't know. I used to help people out. If ever I saw someone on the street, I would buy him a meal or a nice hot cuppa because I would always think that could be me. <laughs> now I'm having to beg, borrow and steal my way through to the end of the month. Not so much steal, but you know what I mean. I'm too far gone. I don't think I can change where this track is heading. That may be true, but when we are no longer able to change our situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. That from one of your classes? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Why me, though? Sorry? All of this. Why is it me? It's easier. The thought of saying half these things to my sister, to my daughter, terrifies me. Absolutely terrifies me. But I'm happier talking to a stranger. I know that I can just stand right up and walk off into the sun whenever I want. Almost becomes a story that way. Someone else's tragedy. And I'm just the narrator. Then... Write your own ending. You've been going back to the same chapters over and over again, but you won't be able to move forward if you're always looking back. And and this isn't something you can just be passive about. You need to make that choice or, or else nothing's ever going to change for you. It doesn't have to be a grand gesture. It could just be a knock at a door. You seem to have found your voice. Yeah. Sorry for shouting. No, you shouldn't be. Your mum should be proud. She is, I think. Thank you. Hmm, empty. And that's my cue to leave. I'm sorry for all this. You shouldn't be. I hope this isn't you walking off into the sun. <laughs> I think I figured out your riddle, you know. The one with the train. You can always just use the brakes. I like that one. It's a good one. I told you. It's always right underneath your nose. I'm not exactly sure how long I sat on that bench for after she left. I remember registering the sunset, so it must have been a few hours. I vaguely remember orange hues bleeding into one another, but I wasn't really paying attention. After I stopped feeding him, the ducks soon left, so I was finally all alone. I'm not sure if I did expect to see her again, but I hoped I would. I ended up taking a year out. I needed to take a step back, I think. 
I made the decision to take philosophy and I was happy, even if the duck lessons were few and far between. Even now, after all these years, I sometimes find myself on that park bench, hoping to see her again. I want to tell her how much she helped to shift my perspective and how often I think back to our brief time together. And of course, I had a thousand questions for her, but I suppose they now have a home on the tip of my tongue.